607 podcast to talk all things pro wrestling it's that time once again for this week's edition of 607 tws live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast and of course anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 tws as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm one of your hosts here on 67 Podcast on Twitch, and I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week, and he's also another host here on 67 Podcast on Twitch, and of course, he's also the host of the Ocho Juro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the OTPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? Yes, yes. It's that time talking pro wrestling, diving in deep, talking about stuff nobody else is goddamn talking about. Facts. Woo! 1,000% facts. By the way, I would like to see kick off by saying uh, I apologize for people. We were not live on Twitch this past Saturday for the 3FN for your extravaganza. You can find that anywhere. Get great podcasts by searching 3 Fat Nerds. Mm-hmm. We did record it. There were some technical difficulties. However, it was a lot of fun. Ken M did join yes, us. Yes, I did. We talked about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I love the fact that our, our good friend Dre Driven uh, put us something out there on Twitter about, I never thought about the <laughs> stuff you brought up. <laughs> we opened up a lot of eyes. Opened it up show. eyes, man. It wasn't a review. It was mm-hmm. It was clearly, it was all it was, was, hey, when you watch it with 2022 adult eyes, yeah. the movie changes, baby. It fucking changes. The show looks a lot different. Let's it definitely just say does. Because it's a spectacle when you watch that movie. But thank you for everybody who's listening. It's actually done very well in the podcast uh, download nice. department. I just want to throw that out there. So thank you, everybody who's listened. And I hope you continue. Of course, earlier today, we recorded the next episode of Three Finders Podcast. Good stuff. Can't wait for you guys to hear that as well. We uh, reviewed The Northman. Ooh, can't wait to hear that. Next week, we review Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. The week after that, we review Firestar. We've already announced the next three weeks. Oh, very cool. Because the new Firestar comes out. So there you go. 3FN. Make sure you're checking it out. Obviously, we're going to give you the information in a second. But the reason I said that is because we had a busy weekend. We had a lot of fun. Myself and Ken M stayed around after the show. Mm-hmm. Well, as well, it's actually Diesel yeah, and actually Ron stayed, too. The whole showed. crew stayed. We watched some GCW and tried to watch some Circle <laughs> Six. Tried is the key word. And, uh, I mean, we did succeed in some of it. Yes. But technical difficulties struck again. And then also uh, we watched GCW on Sunday, so it's been a nice packed weekend. We'll get to that in the second half when we do uh, in the second well, second, second, second half. Sorry, the mid card when we talk about the indie roundup. We'll mention those shows and tell, give you what's up on that. Of course, in the main event this evening, we'll be talking about WWE WrestleMania Backlash, which uh, okay, it is, it's, a, it's a thing. It is what it is. And then, last but certainly not least, we're going to open the store show with some news. We got some WWE news, some releases. It's that time again. We got some news on uh, the uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Yes, very interesting. That news story's that. still bu- building, by the way. We got some Tetsuo Naito news on Forbidden Door and so much more when we kick the show off. But before we can do any of that, Ken M, tell the fine folks out there, whether they're watching on Twitch or listening on podcasts, 
how they can find yourself in the ODPH. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on the social media accounts. They're right on the front page. Also with information for live stream for The Cure happening in just a few short weeks. Check out Parley Points. New blogs are dropping. Uh, blogs count anywhere this week uh, is to be determined. The uh, information I needed did not show up on time to get it done this week. So we'll kind of have to wait to see what we get uh, rolling with that. Uh, T Public Store, always a good time to go check out. So definitely make sure you are checking out for some ODPH swag. Everything and anything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. Of course, if you're looking for the Three Fat Nerds podcast, you can find us anywhere you get great podcasts by searching Three Fat Nerds. Of course, remember, it's the number three, not the word three. Also, uh, the best place to get information, 8122productions.com. That's the one-stop shop. You can find RT Public Store there. By the way, news on RT Public Store. My wife is now done with her semester at college. Oh, nice. So that means there's some designs in the works, including, including one that she almost had done beforehand. Uh, which is a surprise, but it's my homage to ECW, so it's pretty cool. Okay, uh, that's actually a three FN shirt. Yes. but still, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, some six oh seven TWS shirts that we're gonna be bouncing around to get her to design, and also she'll be designing the logo for the show that'll be debuting on the Three Fat Nerds Podcast Network. Okay, coming up here at by the end of May, beginning of June. We haven't given the exact date yet. But it's already been out and flushing it out on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is 3FN, 3FN after, after Dark. dark. We got to she's gonna design a logo. I already gave her the Very idea, cool. so that's on the way. So uh, don't like to bother her while she's in school. So keep your eyes posted. The reason why T Public is all of those great designs will be up for T Public. Keep your eyes on our social medias because when they are on sale, I will give out uh, the thing because I'd rather you buy them on sale. Let's be honest. It's not even a money making venture. It's just kind of cool swag. Try to give you something. But anyways, the T Public uh, is there. Also, the link to the Twitch channel is there. Twitch.tv slash six or seven podcast. Also, the Patreon link. Patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month to get a ton of extra bonus content from everything we do at the Three Fat Nerds, 607 Podcast, 8122productions, however you want to break that shit down. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got some big news coming on the way. There will be some changes in the near future, but right now you want to be on the opening cuts, 8122productions.com is the place to be. Check it out. There's a whole bunch of great stuff to check out over there. But yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We announced that this week on 3FN, so technically you're hearing it first unless you're on Patreon. Yeah. Because uh, the patrons already have the 3FN show. The 3FN show doesn't drop till tomorrow for everybody else. And if you're watching live on uh, twitch.tv slash 607podcast for 607TWS, you have now found out that 3FN After Dark is a real thing, and it's going down, and it'll be for the masses pretty soon. And if you're on Patreon, you'll get the uncut, uncensored, unedited edition in early. Which is already a show. Yeah, it's already a show that, that you is uncut, uncensored, and unedited, pretty much, because it's me and Diesel doing some comedy, talking about world events. Uh, not always the serious world events. Mm-hmm. Watching uh, fucked up videos from the internet and giving commentary on them and such. Eventually, there might be a video element. Yeah, never know. But for right now, we're just going to focus on the podcasting because I prefer that. I mean, I do have a face that was made for podcasting. I understand I'm on Twitch right now, but still, but still, good things, big things coming down in six oh seven podcasts. Also, T's and P's. T's and P's out there. Uh, we're waiting for that application return from New York Comic Con. Just throwing it out there. I'm confident. Yes, same I'm, here. I'm being positive, but T's and P's are welcome from all of you. Please and thank you. I, I mentioned that on 3FM <laughs> this week, too. So I'm really, uh, we have, I do, I, I counted it out. I think I, I counted out to like the 17th or 18th of May to find out. Something like that. Well, typically it always goes down before the badges go on sale to the... I counted the 21 worker. days. Gotcha. I counted the 21 days from we entered it on the 13th of April. Mm-hmm. I counted 21 business days because it specifically said that. So 
hopefully we'll hear sooner than later. I'm just saying it could be until the second week or third week of May. Yes. But anyways, T's and P's. We'll let you guys know. You guys will know first. Yeah, keep your eyes posted. By the way, for all the internet needs, if you want to talk to us on socials, three fat nerds pod, throwing that in front of you, you have to. OD parlay hour, throwing that in front of it if you have to. And that's how you find us. We live on Twitter, but we're everywhere else as well. So just, uh, just throwing it out there. Well, that's enough of putting our shit over. That's enough about telling people what we've got going on. That is enough of us talking about us, Ken M. Because people don't come here to listen to us talk about us. No. I mean, I'm sure some of them don't mind. Some don't mind. But they don't. They come here to listen to us talk about some pro wrestling, baby. And you know what? Guess what? It's time! That is right. It is time for the opening show. And the opening bout is 607TWS. And how should we open? Uh, Well, it's some bad news for some pro wrestlers. Mm -hmm. But uh, it kind of sucks. And uh, WWE did some spring cleaning. uh, This time just from NXT, which I think that means... Actually, should we dive into what I think that means? We should. Yeah, let's break it in. I think what this means is now we're at this new stage of WWE where they have gotten the roster to the size that they kind of want it to be at after all those massive cuts last year. And now you're just going to see people being moved from developmental for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of speculation with who was released. So we'll talk about that right now. Uh, so this is the talent releases and it includes Dakota Kai, Malcolm Bivens, uh, Paige... Prince of Valley? I can't say the name right, sorry. Uh, Sanjana George, who is Vish Kanya. Draco Anthony, Reginald Chase Cruz on the... Basically just lurking the loop currently. Right. Harland, formerly known as Parker Pardo. Uh, Parisia Parada, Raylan Devine, and Amila Malani, who has uh, featured as Kelly Morga, either on the loop or on a couple episodes of NXT 2.0. Obviously, there was three bigger names on that list that mm-hmm. we have seen. Well, four if you count uh, uh, Parisia. There's four names on that list that we've seen on television. Uh, and three of them, Fightful and Sean Rossap, had something to say about. And those three would be uh, Bivens, Kai, and Harland. Right. Uh, in regard, and this is from Sean Rossap, paraphrasing, of course, not direct quotes, but paraphrasing. And it, this really is, you can look it up. We don't lie about bullshit. He says, in regards to Bivens, uh, he made clear that he had no plans to re-sign with WWE. He initially made uh, his intentions known in 2021, but re-signed following the pitch for Diamond Mine. He was offered a new deal in February, but told WWE he would be, wouldn't be re-signing with the company. So either he thinks that he can get more money elsewhere, or he's not happy with his role, or whatever. But he did make it clear his intention not to re-sign, so WWE just released him instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about that report for Sean Rossap and the departure of Malcolm Bivens? Well, I think that you have to take a look at how NXT 2.0 has become. And I think for a lot of the talent that was there during the Triple H era, it's not exactly something that they might want to be a part of. It just depends on what their goals are. With Bivens, I mean, he's money wherever he goes. So I'm sure that he had a plan in mind if he didn't want to resign, and I'm sure that we'll see him pop up on television sooner than later. Uh, much like Malcolm Bivens, it was reported by Sean Rossap that Dakota Kai reportedly saw her WWE release coming. She had made it known to WWE that she did not plan on signing a new deal with the organization. So once again, since she wasn't going to resign, WWE instead said, hey, you know what? You're close to the end of your contract. We'll just let you go instead. Yeah, surprised at this one, actually. But I think with 
in her case, I mean, she's been repackaged so many times on, on NXT, and I know they just brought her back, and I believe they had her tag teaming with um, oh, uh, the girl that she's uh, always like. Uh, Rec- well. The, no, the the one that's always like sleepover. And, I don't know. I've it, I, well, I don't watch any of WWE products. So yeah, yeah, the wrong it, guy here. yeah, yeah. No, I'm trying to remember. I'm blanking on her name. But it's it, it's a situation where they tried pairing with her, and then they just call up Ring, Ring, Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez. Yes, I remember it's the new name. Bear with me, folks. So that being said, I think that Dakota was just a situation like if she thought she was going to be stuck in NXT 2.0 and no chance of going to the main roster, which I thought they were long overdue for bringing her up. I thought that that was going to completely throw, you know, her plans that she wanted to go do something else in there. I have a different take on this. Okay. I actually think that the problem is, is the WWE has too much women's talent. And I'm not saying too much, sorry. But there's so much talent in there that even if you go to the next level, you'll be lost in the shuffle no matter what. Mm-hmm. You're really going to go up to be enhancement talent. Because if you really think about it, look at their roster of women. You have Becky Lynch, Asuka, who just returned. You have, uh, of course, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, um, uh, Rhea Ripley. Liv Morgan has niched out a nice little spot for herself. You know, Zelina Vega, uh, Carmella, they've niched out spots for themselves. Bailey is yet to return, but probably will be returning soon. Mm -hmm. And Raquel Rodriguez moved up, and there's a bunch of other. I'm just saying the talent pool is deep up there. You know, and I didn't even mention Sasha Banks or Naomi. Yeah. Also, the talent level is amazing. We've said it before. WWE has probably one of the best, if not the best, women's women's division division going on right now. So if you're Dakota Kai, you have to go, okay, so my choices are to stay in NXT, which I don't necessarily want to stay here, not saying anything bad against NXT, but it is developmental. Mm -hmm. Or I go up. And get lost in the shuffle, possibly. Yes. Because at this point in juncture, you have to ask yourself, you know, the age-old question, am I better than Sasha Banks? Am I better than Dakota Kai? And I'm not, or not Dakota Kai, sorry, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and the list goes on. And I'm not saying that Dakota Kai wasn't good. That's why I mixed it in there. I'm just saying you have to ask yourself, are you going to be able to overtake the probably 10 to 12 females that are ahead of you? That's an interesting take, but, you know, you bring up a lot of good points, especially with Bailey coming back. Right, and Bailey's going to come back, so that's taking a spot. Mm. You know, we have the blow-off. We'll talk about it later. Between Charlotte and Ronda, you're going to have Bailey come back. She's going to be stepping right back in a title picture. You can't, you, you know, you know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You have Sasha Banks and Naomi, who are the, the, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, but also can easily step into being main eventers themselves. Yeah. You have Becky Lynch. You have Asuka, who just returned. They're going to be taking a program, and they're going to they're main eventers. Bianca Belair is your champion. She's, she's the future of women's wrestling period in mm. my opinion at least yeah and then you also have the fact of you know uh you know raquel gonzalez Liv morgan rhea ripley they're all big time top tier deserve to be in the main event picture mm. you can't put everybody in the main event picture so and you only have so much time on tv and they've done a good job in my opinion of showcasing women and the reason i say that is because we get a lot of them in storylines we have storylines going on for multiple different not just the title picture because now you have becky and oscar Mm. You've got Charlotte and Ronda. I know that's for the title. You have Naomi and Sasha doing the tag team thing, but you have a lot of people mixed into that. You have whoever's going to be the next, you know, heir apparent to take on Bianca Belair. And there's such a deep class of that that there's a rotating door. Mm. Rhea Ripley could get that shot. Liv Morgan could get that shot. You know, there's a lot of people. Bailey is going to come back and instantly enter into a title picture, whether it's on Raw or SmackDown, because she's fucking Bailey and deserves it. Right. So it's. 
it might, in my opinion, it might just be something smart from Dakota Kai where she goes, hey, listen, I can be a small fish in the ocean or I can be the big fish in a small pond. I can get an opportunity and impact where they have a really good women's division, but she, they need, still need main eventers. Mm-hmm. You could be in the NWA. They still need main eventers. I mean, AEW, yes or no, they could use a Dakota Kai, but will they hire a Dakota Kai? Will they use her right? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess that we should just leave it up to Lex Luger. I don't know. Fair point. But I I just, I, I don't think, I think that this is, with her saying she wasn't going to resign, I don't necessarily, I, I saw her thing about thanking everybody who was a part of it. She met some really awesome people. I really just think it was like, hey, maybe she saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, I think at this stage, because like I said, she's been in NXT with Wendy Chu. That's who the character oh, okay. was. thank you. Yes, because she's the one who's always in the pajamas. And that's why I said, like, I thought her gimmick was like, she's always sleeping. So that's being the case. Like, I think if she saw that she was going to be with that, you know, kind of glass ceiling that she was never going to get called up to get, to make a run, which I thought is one of the biggest or get, or get called up and just not yeah. be in that top title picture. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So she wants to bet on herself I'll, by all means. You never know. You can go away, make your name, come back. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of those things in WWE. We see it all the time. I know people are like, oh, I don't agree with it. Well, you know what? It's going to happen again. Matt Cardona is looking like he's going to do the same thing. Mm. Cody Rose just did it. And look at him. He's front and, fa- front and center on the graphics for Raw. He's the face of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So I just want to throw it out there. Uh, I, I hope she bets on herself. I hope she does really good and, and comes back better than ever. Or even if she doesn't come back, I wish her all the success. She's a very talented wrestler, but... At being unbiased as a businessman and as a wrestling fan, I'm like, well, who, what woman do I take away a spot from to give Dakota Kai that spot? Yeah. And it's hard. There's, like I said, there's 10 or 12 women right now in WWE. Who do you take the spot from? You know, you could argue Liv Morgan, but I don't know. She's made a connection with the fucking fans. Yeah. And there's still Alexa Bliss coming back. Yeah. I mean, they botched her return a couple times, but eventually she'll be back. You would think, yes, at this stage. Well, I'm, I'm sure she will be eventually. So, yeah. You, and Bailey's a is a shoe in, and well, Bailey should be in the fucking main event picture. She's Bailey, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably one of the best female athletes on the planet. Yeah. But with that being said, once again, wish her well. Of course, the other major one was Harlan, and he was compared to a young. This is Sean Ross app once again, just to make sure. Harlan was compared to a young Brock Lesnar before he signed with WWE in February of twenty one, and he made his TV debut following the NXT two revamp as Joe Gacy's muscle. Coaches and officials in WWE felt the former University of Central Florida offensive guard had not progressed in the ring quite enough for their liking. And there's a lot of internet buzz, because, you know, people have to buzz. Reasons. That uh, this not progressed in the ring quite enough for their liking is the new kiss of death in, develop- in, in WWE. And guess what? Why shouldn't it be? Yeah. It's fucking developmental. Like, here's the thing. You sign people to developmental deals, and they'll either get it or they won't. And there's a good reason. They tried to – he looks like a monster. Mm-hmm. He has a part. He's a great guy. I'm not going to say anything bad about Parker Bordeaux. I think that if he goes out and makes a name for himself elsewhere, it's more kudos to him. But if right now they're like, hey, he's not picking up the in-ring stuff, what are you going to do? Wrestling is still in the title. No, no matter how much WWE is sports entertainment, mm-hmm. it's still pro wrestling. And if he can't wrestle – he can't wrestle. Yeah. And my evidence that he's not able to perform yet is we haven't seen him in a match. Mm-hmm. He's been in the muscle. And obviously they were trying to give him something, give him a bone, give him some motivation, and it might have not worked out. 
It is what it is. He seems positive and upbeat about it. I think he should take some dates in the indies and stuff. Maybe take a shot. If somebody like Impact or something wants to take a shot at him, do it. He should get his ass into a school if this is really his passion and dream. Get himself out there and and, and, and fucking get in the ring and, and get some experience. Yeah. That's personally my thing. Uh, he did not say anything about the Persia Parati stuff, but she's been featured on TV and now she's gone. Once again, who knows? Could be a numerous amounts of things. You just don't know. I mean, this is a whole deal with NXT 2.0, but if there was going to be house cleaning, I mean, obviously you would think that they'll be the first place they would start. And who knows if there's going to be more on the main rosters. I don't think there is. I don't think so. I think it's going to be down. I think that they've gotten everybody where they need or want. That's just my opinion. That doesn't mean that won't happen. No, no. Like I say, it's not exactly for sure. But if they were going to go anywhere to do some cleaning, it was going to be NXT 2.0. Because you think about it, how long have they been 2.0 now? Almost six months? Yeah. So at this stage, they kind of know what they're, you know, who they want to push and who they don't. So, well, here's the other thing is, like I said, it's important to remember that this is developmental. And most of these, most of these folks have signed developmental deals. Mm -hmm. And what that means is in the past, before any of this was televised, uh, to get some kind of, you know, extra out there and getting them in front of cameras. And some of the people that we listed were never on TV. And if they were, they were doing enhancement gigs. Most of them were just doing the Florida loop, as they call it. Mm -hmm. The thing of the matter is, is, in developmental, just like anywhere else, you either hit your goals and targets or you're gone because they're going to keep bringing people in. Right. And that's and that's how it should run. It's like a tryout for an NFL team. Mm-hmm. How many people sign NFL contracts, try out, they don't they don't make the practice squad and they're done. Yeah. It is what it is, but they got Business. paid for their they got paid for their time there. Uh do I agree with people lose their jobs? No, but it gives into the age-old argument. The age-old argument, and I shouldn't you say age-old, it's just recently because of AEW is what is it better to let the contract expire? Mm-hmm. or to just cut losses and that way that person can go seek their future at that time. Yeah. And I've been on the track for a while now that I would rather just be cut in this current weather. Not talking about in 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 the past or during COVID, but right now when the Indies are the healthiest that they've been in a long time mm-hmm. in Japan and in Mexico and Europe especially, yeah, England Europe's, especially, Europe's blowing up right now. Australia the world is your oyster. Right now, being released, you can go out there and make a living. And by make a living, mean maybe not make as much as you were making on contract, mm-hmm. but still make a living. You can still attach w, former WWE or NXT or AEW or whatever superstar to it, which makes you worth a little more money. And you can go out there and apply your trade. And if you're really passionate about it, you can make the go- run to either go to another big company or come back. The thing of the matter is, is if you get held into your contract until it's over, you might be sitting on the sidelines. And I understand people are going to point out because it's the AEW thing that they're allowed to work the indies. That is true. However, Asterisks. they are not allowed to work for every indie company. Mm-hmm. And the office can determine to pull you. Because if the office all of a sudden goes, hey, you're going to be on dark and dark elevation tapings from Universal, it doesn't matter that you took that indie booking. Your contract says you need to come to Florida. Yeah. So that could put a bad taste in certain promoters' mouth because if they book you and they pull you, that's coming out of the promoter. So you might not get a rebooking there. Some people will, some people won't. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happened to Joey Janela a ton of times yep. before he was, you know, his. We'll talk about him when we talk about GCW later. But that happened to Joey Janela a ton where he was scheduled to be on GCW shows for GCW weekends. And then all of a sudden he was pulled from the Saturday show because he had to go tape some matches for fucking YouTube. 
And once again, it doesn't really affect Joey that much because of his relationship in GCW and who he is. But could you imagine that happening to a lesser talent, to somebody who's out there trying to prove themselves still? You know, it's it's a rough go. It's a rough go. And some of these people haven't even seen Dark, Dark Elevation, Rampage, Dynamite in a long time. And there's more new faces coming in there, too. I mean, that's the one problem. So like Rich touched upon, going on the indie scene right now is probably the best move for anybody. That this, If this is really your passion, that's what you should do. Because like we said... The European scene is blowing up right now. Japan is opening the doors right now. You have Mexico. You have the United States. I mean, all the indies are running so well right now that this is the time to really jump on board and prove your craft. If you're, if you're really worth it, you'll get booked, you'll get blown up, and you'll go on to come back and really prove WWE wrong. Can make can make a living. Yeah. Uh, Pad says, it seemed to me that Harlan was fast-tracked to get on TV. Was that to his detriment? Question mark? Maybe? I, I agree. I agree that they were just trying to give him some. And then Dan, our good friend Dan, says, hey, guys, just popping to say hi. I hope you're doing well. We are doing well. I hope you're doing well. Dan, I hope you are feeling well. I was in the chat yesterday, and I heard the bad news. So I hope speedy and healthy recovery, brother. There you go. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it could be the, the – I think, like I said, I think they tried to move him in. They looked at what they had. They thought they had more than what they had. And if he wasn't, I, I think that's the case with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is now being reported by Fightful Select that Roderick Strong recently asked for his WWE release. Um, could be true. Could be not be true. Maybe he's betting on himself. Maybe he's trying to go to Ring of Honor, AEW. I don't know. Is, you know, they, they have the undisputed uh, elite. elite. Uh, yeah. Dan says feeling much better. Thank you, gentlemen. Good, yes, good to did, hear. Good to hear. Uh, so maybe that's, I don't know. Well, the thing about it, he's one of the less, less people still on the roster from the Triple H days of NXT. So this doesn't surprise me at all. I think that he would be smart to leave and go on the indie scene right now because I think he understands the temp in the room. NXT 2.0 is not going to be someplace that he feels comfortable wrestling in, and I get that. He's used to what Triple H and the foundation built there. So if it's no longer going to be there, it's going to be something else. Why not go on the indie scene, be happy, and then who knows what's going to happen from there. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more, my good sir. All right, let's move on to... Oh, sorry. Pat says, Roderick Strong is scared of facing Cody Rhodes. Confirmed. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I would give you that. It's not. It's it's not. I don't think that is. But Well played, though. Well played. Well played. Uh, next up, let's talk about another big news thing that just hit. This is just hitting our airwaves, by the way. It was being reported, and I'm going to read this uh, right from comicbook.com and they've also added the punctuation that we were going to add to it uh the dark side of the ring has reportedly not been picked up for a fourth season ending its run on vice tv at 30 episodes across three seasons the documentary co- uh, created by evan husney and jason eisner centered around some of the darkest chapters in pro wrestling business ranging from the deaths of bruiser brody chris benoit and owen hart to wwe steroid trials and the infamous plane ride from hell uh, goes on to say, according to Dave Meltzler of the Wrestling Observer, which take this with a grain of salt, of course, mm. Husney and Eisner's next project will involve them teaming up with Dwayne Johnson's Seven Bucks production for a new series centering around the territory era of pro wrestling in the United States. A new territory will be focused on each week, with comparisons being made to the format of WWE's, WWE's table for three. There is an update, though. Following this story's publication... Vice sent out the following statement on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We've heard some rumors flying around about season four of Dark Side of the Ring. We are as committed as ever to both the series and the broader Dark Side franchise. Evan and Jason are hard at work making more content that we know our fans of the series will love. Stay tuned. 
So what I'm reading here, and I and I always say take what Dave says with a grain of salt, but there was other people reporting on this. This is not just a Dave Meltzer report. Right. I saw a lot of other reports. I saw other people jumping on. There's people who are in the know. Plus, it was awful specific that these guys were going to go on to work on a, a, something for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of things floating around, and let's just be honest, after the third season, there was a lot of controversy. Yes. The Plane Ride from Hell, Hell episode caused for lack of a better term, Tommy Dreamer to be canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair, eh, you know, whatever, who cares? Whatever I mean, is going on he's, there. He still doesn't care, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Jim Ross was not happy. Because think about it, the plane ride from hell, they didn't cancel him, but he looked like an idiot because yeah. he was in charge. And he was not happy. And uh, there was rumors and reports that they were having a hard time getting certain wrestlers to sit down with them. Because... If we're going to get canceled like Tommy Dreamer in a business where you have to go out in front of people, it ain't good. So, I mean, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think the Vice response was perfect, by the way, because they heard the uproar. They heard the uprising from the fans and went, oh, shit, we might want to rethink this. I don't know your thoughts. No, I agree with you. I think that there was so much of an uproar. Obviously, this season had a lot more controversy than previous ones i would have to say that's a fair statement and i think that vice understood the temp in the room and obviously i thought they answered it completely eloquently and i thought they really was telling what they were saying so i think the future of this franchise is going to be something to watch i'm just not sure where we're going with it and to get the you know wrestlers to come on there and talk about obviously tommy dreamer's situation i think was a big big warning flag for a lot of wrestlers if they get approached about coming on the show like this could happen to you are you willing to risk your career about this oh absolutely and that's why i'm saying i don't it's it's a tough one yeah i really do believe that this is something that was floating ether i don't know if it was completely canned Mm -hmm. i think there was probably talks there was probably talk yeah and then what ended up happening is vice saw this and and jumped back and said ah maybe not uh pat says sounds to me like the show might be ending but there's still going to be something in the vein of dark side of the ring coming on vice could be i just think that vice is making a reaction that even if this was in the pipeline they're like yeah there's enough fans here that maybe we should reconsider so we'll have to keep our eyes on that as the story is developing I would say that there probably was some truth to the cancellation, mm-hmm. and obviously there's some truth to Vice now looking into it further. Uh, we got some fun new Japan Pro Wrestling news, Ken, and it's been a long time, but I'm going to hit you with it. Ooh. I've not heard this in a while. There you go. Uh, here we go. As previously noted, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced the return of their Best of the Super Juniors tournament this year which will begin on May 15th in Achi. It will continue on through the summer with the finals of the tournament occurring on June the 3rd, uh, which means that uh, we can watch that on, and everybody can watch that, and I know we will be watching that on njpwworld.com. Mm-hmm. During today's Wrestling Dantaku show, New Japan revealed the competitors in Block A and Block B, and I'm reading from a report from New Japan. So that, of course, happened the other day, which was uh, May 1st. So Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, notable foreign talent featured. Uh, let's go over the entire lineup, shall we? Sure. They announced the lineup. Let's go. In Block A, we got the legendary Taguchi. Right on. We got Yo. We have Clark Connors from uh, NJPW Strong. Okay. We have Hamaru Takahashi, your mm. current or the, the he won last summer and went on to win the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship at. Wrestle Kingdom. 
uh, Kanemura. Impact Wrestling's X Division champion, Ace Austin. Big move for him. Now you know I got the belt. GCW Independent Wrestling, former WWE star, the sauce god, Alex Zane. Huge addition for this. Francisco Akira. The Bone Soldier, Taiji Ishimori. Mm -hmm. And also representing the House of Torture show. Stacked, stacked. That's block A. We still got a whole block B. Mm -hmm. Block B, Master Wado, Robbie Eagles, the return to New Japan of Titan from Mexico, Bushi, the man who uh, came in at a pinch and uh, really made his name for himself with his IWGP Junior Heavyweight title run, El Desperado, Mm -hmm. Doki, also coming back from uh, Mexico for the first time in a long time, El Lindemann. Okay. TJP from New Japan Strong. Makes sense. Bullet Club House of Torture member El Fantasmo. Right on. And last but certainly not least, AEW superstar and Ring of Honor pure champion, Wheeler Utah. Maybe the most surprising name added to this year's list. I agree. I agree. So starting on May 15th, so right around the corner, we're going to get this year's Best of the Super Juniors. If you're not familiar with the format, there's a block A and a block B. You do a round robin in your block. The top four scores of each block do a little playoff system into a finals, and then they crown the Best of the Super Juniors. And the winner will receive a title shot at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship uh, at a a future show. Being that it's June 3rd, I wouldn't be surprised if the winner doesn't get their shot, possibly at the Forbidden Door. There is a reason that after talking to you about it, and I thought that there was no way a Gaijin could win, mm-hmm. especially because somebody has mentioned Wheeler Yuta, they may actually let him win if they want to do that title shot at Forbidden Door. However, I could see them having whoever win and still doing that title shot at Forbidden Door. I think that would be a good place for them to do it. However, New Japan in the past has not cared about things like that, so there's a possibility that they just do it at a big New Japan show. I wonder if they have Yuta in the finals and lose and then do the rematch there. Possibly. Possibly. There's always that explanation as well. But we will be keeping our eyes. And every week after it starts, we will be giving you the rundown on what's going on in the Best of Super Juniors as we do for every New Japan show. Ready for this? Yeah, let's do this. Stay in New Japan. This past, during the same press conference, because New Japan does, if you're not familiar with the New Japan style, they do press conferences after every event, right. especially major events. And uh, Dentaku is one of their biggest events. So during that press conference, Tetsuo Naito was interviewed by the press and had this nice little quote to say. Are you ready? Yeah. There is no wrestler I want to call out. The reason is simple. Wrestlers in AEW will all gather and shout, I want to wrestle Tatsuyo Naito, and I want to fight Los Ingrenables de Japón. It isn't hard to see this happening. Naito saying, hey, I'll be at Forbidden Door, but I really don't care about fighting anybody because I don't want to call any of them out. Don't care. That's awesome. Tranquilo, baby. That's Tranquilo. A, what a quote. It is a great quote. I actually do anticipate that happening. I fear, though. You know, I pitched a great idea. If, if uh, certain members were healthy, Ibushi and Omega mm-hmm. doing the Golden Lovers versus Los Ingrenables and doing Andrade and Naito, because I think that would be a cool mix. The original Los Ingrenables against the Golden Lovers. I pitched a couple other things. I'm now starting to fear that it is going to be Los Ingrenables against Andrade's faction. Oh no. 
No. There's part of me that's starting to fear because the more that I hear people talk about it, it's it's scaring me. I'm starting to get scared because I told you it's going to depend on what's going to happen at the show. By the way, Pat says Naito versus the entire AEW locker room in a handicap match confirmed, and Naito will still win. He still win. I take I'm I a take Naito that mark, over. But I, I would take that. I take that over. Oh, I, I can see that happening. I'm hoping it doesn't, but I can see that happening. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, now that you brought it up, listen. As much as we were excited and we were talking about it last week, and trust me, I'm still excited for it. There's always part of me that's reserved to going. <sighs> I mean, right after we went off air, Will Osprey and Kenny Omega exchanged some words on the internets. Will Osprey even asked him, "Are you ready to go?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that, that kind of writes itself. That'd be good to see. Yeah, it would. Be I'd great enjoy to see. that match. Uh, Tony Khan has promised a lot of dream matches, but I'm like, whose dream matches? Your dream matches? Or wrestling fans' dream matches, or you know, New Japan fans' dream matches, or AEW fans' dream matches, because there's certain dream matches we mentioned, and I, I'm like I said, we're not going to go into this. Go back to last week to hear yeah. our fantasy booking. But there's three matches, and I'm going to include the one I just said, and that being Omega versus Osprey. Mm-hmm. But there's two other matches: God versus FTR, yes, and CM Punk versus Kenta. Off the top of my head, that I can go. Those are dream matches. If we get those three matches, okay, we got three solid ones on the card. And mm-hmm. then you can do whatever the fuck else you want. But I really hope that they do some of those matches, but also do some of these team matches. I mentioned it last week. It's a Japanese style. It is also AEW style. So it would be cool to see the House of Torture versus, you know, a Jericho Appreciation Society, even though not a huge fan of those guys, but it would still be... Honestly, would that be would still be a good match. Because then you get Naito and Jericho again. Sure. There's some There's some stuff there. Uh, I would like to see, you know, something like that. I'm just using that, you know, House of Torture versus the, uh, what do you call it? The BCC. Oh, yeah. The Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club. Club. You know, that'd be interesting, right? Yeah. House of Torture versus them. Yeah, against the Combat Club. Yeah, that would that, that has some potential. Yeah, like they have some options they got to run with, but. I fear the, that could happen, too. Yeah. I fear that Kenta will be used there because he's a member of House of Torture. <sighs> Well, I yeah. feel he's. I feel he'll be used there because CM Punk will want 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 to fight Kenta. Especially, even though even though Punk would be scheduled to go over, he might be scared that Kenta might kick him. Yeah, <laughs> Kenta's been calling for his head for a while, and they've kept him away from him. Yeah, they've been smart about it. So, especially if he if he's world champ at that time, yeah, they're not going to. Yeah, he's got his shot before then. But here's the question we talked about before. Do you do a champion versus champion? And if you do that, you know that you, you can't really because you would have to do Okada versus Punk if Punk wins mm-hmm. or Okada versus Hang. I mean, I can see Okada versus Hangman with Hangman losing because they've disrespected him enough as champion that I don't think it fucking matters. Right. But if it's Punk that's champion against Okada in Chicago, New Japan will never, mark my fucking words, will never agree. It doesn't matter who it is, and it doesn't matter CM Punk or anybody else. They will never agree to Okada taking the pin. No, and, Never. And I think I read, too, Okada did say he was going to come to the show. He is right. on Forbidden Door. But that's what I'm saying. But yeah. he will never, mark my words, he's not he will do never the take the job. Yeah, and the reason why is because you have to understand, he is the biggest star there. He is the Roman Reigns of Japan. Yeah. You don't have Roman Reigns take a pin. Yeah, he's not taking a pin. By the way, did you see that fake report that some people bid on that uh, Discovery Warner Brothers uh, reached out to WWE to see if they could sign, uh, uh, borrow Roman Reigns for money so he could be on AEW because they're lacking stars? That was incredible. (laughs) There was people who believed that shit for some reason. 
It's the it internet. From, it came from a satire account too. But that's the thing. People like to just jump and run. It'd be something. I'd pay to see Roman Reigns versus Okada. But then once again, you're in the same predicament. Yeah. Nobody takes the pin. Nobody takes the pin. Time limit draw. Nah, Save you. But that's what I fear, though. I don't want to see that on a show like this. But like I don't want to see Punk versus Okada at a time limit Broadway. I don't want to see like some fucking screwy double disqualification. I like on a show like this, I want to see finishes because this is a dream show and a dream match show. So it's going to be a lot hard. That that's the navigation we have to run into. That's why I feel that the best way to go about these things is to do safe matches that are still dream matches. God versus FTR is a safe fucking match. Mm-hmm. Safe match, and people, it's a dream match. I, I don't know many wrestling fans who both watch both of those and don't want to see that match. No, I agree. Like the, Those are the two ones that you got to run with. Everything it don't matter. Osprey, it won't be for anything. And it doesn't matter if Osprey loses. He's still good enough. Yeah. He don't care. He loses over in Japan, too. But he's still booked at the top of that marquee for some reason. Yeah. You know why? Because he's goddamn good. Until we start seeing what the... Then know, again, Kenny wouldn't mind taking the pen either. Yeah. Until we, Kenny's business. Until we start seeing how this is all going to shape up. I mean... There's a lot to speculate, but it's it's going to come yeah. down to the point of if this is like traditional AEW announcements about this is going to be a week before the show, and you know you got to really build this thing up like rafter double or nothing. They had better start announcing some matches for this. I agree with you whole wholeheartedly, but that's going to do it for the opening bout. We are going to kick over to the mid card, and in the mid card we're going to do the indie roundup. We're going to talk about the GCW's past weekend prelude to Survival. We're also going to talk about the Circle Six show, Terrible Lie, that went down this past weekend as well. We're also going to talk about some news in the realm of independent pro wrestling, as we do here on the show each and every week. During the break, however, if you're watching on Twitch, you're going to get information for the ODPH podcast. And the reason why is I don't have the other graphic here. But you are going to hear a promo for our good friends over at Livestream for the Cure, Mm -hmm. which is going down in a few weeks. And it's a good thing to go. If you go to the odphpodcast.com, got all that information up there. Give them a little bit before I kick the promo off. Yes, so going down on twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure. May 19th through the 21st, you're going to see some of the best content creators on the planet teaming up, donating their time to give you content in efforts to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for hashtag uh, future immune to cancer. This is a great cause that we are very honored to be a part of. Nick from Nikolai's Kitchen and Justin from Epic Film Guys have been putting on this on for many years now. This is something that if you are into podcasting or content creating, this is a true honor to be a part of. And definitely it has grown bigger and bigger each year. This year has been no exception. The early donations are up right now. For all that information that you need, simple, head over to odphpodcast.com. The logo is right there on the main page. You click it, it'll give you all the links you need for the event. So definitely make sure to follow, make sure to donate early, and make sure to share this event. I also would like to point out, we, myself and Ken M, mm-hmm. will be taking place on May 21st, which is Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're closing down the Friday night of the stream, which is a big deal. Yes. Thank, thank you for giving us that spot every year. And I will also go on and say this is a, so important to myself and Ken that I think that this is 1A and 1B with New York Comic Con mm-hmm. to be a part of each and every year. So that's that's saying some big praise. Yes. And I'm happy that we've always gotten a good spot and we've always helped out here on the show. You are going to hear a promo from live stream for the cure during this break and when we come back it will be the mid card what does hope mean to you hello everyone my name is nick and i'm the host of the annual live stream for the cure a charity live stream event to raise money for the cancer research institute which researches immunotherapy training the body's immune system 
to fight all forms of cancer. Their mission, one that I believe in very, very strongly, is a future immune to cancer. And this year for the sixth annual live stream for The Cure, I want to emphasize more than anything, hope. Over the past five years, myself and amazing creators and partners from around the world have raised over $50,000 for this amazing cause. And this year, we're looking to add another $20,000 to that total. Please join me May 19th, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern for 45 hours of content over the next three days, as I'm once again joined by amazing creators from around the world to help fight for hope. Learn more or make an early donation today at LivestreamForTheCure.com. All right, and we're back, and uh, great information. Like you, like Ken M said, go to odphpodcast.com. The logo is right there, or the website itself. Uh, awesome. And now it is time to talk some more wrestling, Ken M. Yes, indeed. It is the mid-card, and it is time for the Indie Roundup. And the Indie Roundup in the mid-card is brought to you this week by our good friends over at Excite Wrestling, who have a big event going down this week. Saturday at the X in Johnson City at the Oakdale Mall. Uh, for all, uh, we're going to give a little, we're going to talk about it for a minute, but for all information and wrestling information for Excite, always go to ExciteWrestling.com. Remember, it's an Excite spelled with an X, X C I T E, Wrestling.com. Uh, first and foremost, we do have to bring up some sad news for Excite Wrestling at this show. Uh, they will, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to do a tribute show, I do believe, at a different date and time, but they are also going to be remembering the memory of uh, a fallen Excite Wrestling family member and 607 Wrestling family member as uh, Jeff Greeno, professionally known as Anarchy and then also Anarchy Ash Aubrey over the years as uh, unfortunately passed away. Uh, it was, it was, it was just due to a sudden heart attack. And uh, it really sucked that that went down this past week. And in the process, um, I didn't really know him too well. I did meet him a few occasions. Uh, when I was in wrestling, we ran in two separate circles. But I know that he meant a lot to the people who I know and care about in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So that's enough for me to say that fucking sucks. And yeah. uh, condolences to those friends, family, and uh, fans of, of Jeff Greeno, a.k.a. Anarchy Ash Aubrey. Uh but the show must go on for Excite Wrestling, and uh, they're gonna pay. Tri- they're gonna pay tribute to him at a later show. Mm-hmm. We do know that for a yes. fact. They're planning a tribute show, which is awesome. But on top of that, I'm sure that they will uh, tribute and pay more memorial to him this upcoming Saturday at the X. Uh, what kind of matches are we looking at for the people out there who might be wanting to join and watch Excite Wrestling? So ExciteWrestling.com for more information on this event, or go check their Facebook page because that is where they are most active on all their social media accounts. But Excite uh, versus the World is going on this weekend at the X, like Rich touched upon. So the matches that have been announced thus far, and there has been a little uh, card subject to change going on, with uh, one of the marquee matches that were mentioned at the last month's show, and that is the Pure X ladder match. Now, originally it was supposed to be TJ Epics versus LSG in a cage match. Not sure what's going on there. You'd have to hit up Excite and find out a little more information on that, but it has been announced that there will be a Pure X ladder match. TJ Epics taking on Black and Yellow versus uh, J- Jacoby Riddick, Abdul, and uh, versus Chael Connors. So that will be going on down there. Uh, also, Axel Lennox has an open challenge. Pat Sawyer will be defending the international title against former tag team partner Dante Drago. Uh, Cloudy making his first title defense as Excite Heavyweight Champion, taking on Jay Crist. And in the matchup that 607 Podcast is most 
united about as a family. We want to see this match. This is probably our main event, and that is friend of the show, the one and only Super B, who you've heard on 607 TWS, is taking on the one and only Sean Carr. I would say both friends of the show. Both friends of the show. It's a tough, it's a tough spot to be yes. in. Who to root for? Uh, it's going to be a very tough spot to be in. Uh, I'll make the announcement now. I will not be at the Excite Show this Saturday. I know. Sucks. I had already made plans to go out of town. So, unfortunately, I will not be there. But Ken M will be res- representing 607 Podcast in the house. Yeah. A- along with uh, our good friend, the dog. Yeah, the dog and I will be there in attendance. So, I'll see if I can get some video footage up on Excite Social. Or, I mean, on ODPH social media for that. So, uh, maybe we'll drop a TikTok for it just to show the video because we're super excited about those two guys going at it. That's a main event anywhere in the world, I'm telling you right now. So, definitely ExciteWrestling.com for more information. Absolutely. And I want to wish both my friends, Sean Carr and Super B, Brandon Sevilla, who uh, we love as well, the best of luck. And I know they're going to tear it down. Mm-hmm. And I will get the full report from Ken M. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, like I said, unfortunately, it fell down. We, we, we discovered that earlier. Yes. Uh, it is what it is. With that being said, though, this past let's jump on to the indie roundup. And this past weekend, GCW is back in action. Of course, they are providing the prelude to survival weekend. This is their stop in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Before they will be back in Atlantic City, New Jersey on June fourth and the fifth for Tournament of Survival and Cage of Survival, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I can I can mention to the world that myself. And Ken M, along with Crazy Curtis, will be in attendance at COS on Hell June the 5th. yes. So I, I've been to many Cage of Deaths, and I cannot wait to be a part of the first ever Cage of Survival. So with that being said, prelude to survival. Let's break them down. First up on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this past weekend. Mind you, you can get these shows on Fight.TV if you want still right now. Uh, from the Carousel Room at the Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City, New Jersey, Game Changer Wrestling brought everybody GCW in too deep. Are you ready to hear the card? Let's talk about it. All right. So first up, in a seven-way scramble match, Gringo Loco defeated ASF Axton Ray. Oh, wait a minute. Is this the right one? Yes. Axton Ray, Dante Leone, Drago Kid, Jimmy Lloyd, and Shane Mercer. Uh, they both had scramble matches that had some of the same people. So <laughs> yeah. I had to make sure. Uh, 10 minutes and 6 seconds. Gringo Loco getting another big victory. Great match, though. Great match to kick off the night. What else can you say? GCW does scramble matches like nobody else. Absolutely. Next up in a singles match, uh, our, the friend of the show. One of our favorite wrestlers, one of the up-and-coming performers in the business, the East Coast Ace, Big Breakfast, the Clout Kata, Jordan Oliver defeated Masha Slamovich. This match got 12 minutes and 50 seconds. Masha Slamovich impressing everybody. Jordan Oliver impressing everybody and getting that victory. Great match. And like you talked about, Jordan Oliver, one of the up-and-comers that you need to keep following. And Masha, man, what a weekend for her. Absolutely. Next up. The Sauce God, Alex Zane, defeated ACH 10 minutes and 23 seconds. Ooh. Very good match. And uh, no wonder that Alex Zane is going to be in the best of the Super Juniors. Excellent match. This is a must-watch. Trust me. Next up, we had the second gear. Well, originally, this was supposed to be a three-way tag title match mm-hmm. between Bussy, the SGC, and the Briscoes. But it was announced the day of that Mark Briscoe's wife, by the way, T's and P's for her, yes, was having some uh, condition. Where she's pregnant. 
there is uh, an issue with the baby. We have not gotten any further news on it. However, the Briscoes could not attend because of that, which is virtually fine. Mm-hmm. We wish nothing but the best for Mark and his wife. Absolutely. Hopefully everything's going fine there. Instead, changes had to be made. They made it a six-man tag team match instead. And the second-gear crew of Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, and the motherfucking truth, A.J. Gray, defeated the Bussy, Bussy 420, is that yes. it is, of Alley Catch Effie and East Coast legend, the Grim Reefer. This match got nine minutes and 30 seconds, and it was a fight. Yes, yeah, you know what you're getting with SGC involved, and this lived up to it. Man, such a good time. Next up, we had All Heart. A.K.A. the best in the world, Christian Blake. Blake Christian, sorry, I said it backwards for some reason. Defeat one of the baddest, toughest motherfuckers on the planet, Biff Busick, 16 minutes and 23 seconds, and they left it all in the ring. My match of the weekend. It's a phenomenal match. Holy crap, was this amazing. And what else can you say? It's the year of all heart. Yeah, speaking of which, after the match, Blake Christian got the microphone, thanked Biff Busick for the match. You know, both of them spent time in NXT together, thanked him for that, and said that they could have never had this match down there. Only could have happened here in GCW. I agree. And then he proceeded to give his laundry list of gentlemen he would like to fight. And he had four of them. Mm -hmm. He says that GCW, I've had a historic year. I've been taking out all these challengers. I got four guys I want. Alex Shelley, a former partner of Alex Shelley's Kushida, the GCW World Heavyweight Champion John Moxley, and last but not least, and probably most important according to him, give me Johnny fucking wrestling, which got the Johnny Gargano chance going at the showboat in Atlantic City. Eventually, we're going to get that match. We've heard Johnny Gargano said that he wants to take on Blake Christian in a GCW ring, but... I will have to say bad news for Blake Christian. Alex Shelley responded and said, stop saying my name, kid. You always throw it out there. Stop saying it. So I don't know. Is that a little bit? Is that a tip of the hand that maybe Alex Shelley versus Blake Christian could happen? Or what's going on? I got a feeling we're going to see Alex Shelley versus Blake Christian in New York City. There's a possibility at the moment. I, I got a feel. I'm going to call that shot right now. I think that we're going to have that little buildup because I am banking if I can do locks and leaps here. Go ahead. The lock is you're going to see that match in New York City. The leap is that you're going to see Gargano and Blake Christian at homecoming. Which has not been announced yet. It has been announced yet, but I'm going to call that shot for that. Okay, absolutely. All right, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Of course, the Melrose is coming up on June 18th. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll talk more about some stuff that happened in GCW News after we're talking about the shows. Uh, Next up, we had Speedball Mike Bailey defeat the bad boy Joey Janela. 22 minutes and 45 seconds. This match was epic. Joey Janela, the last day of his AEW contract, as we would find out the next day, which we'll talk about more. But, uh, yeah, amazing. This was my second favorite match of the weekend. This was great. Speedball Mike Bailey. Can we just take a minute to appreciate what he's been doing since he's made his return? One of the best in the world. Holy shit, man. And Joey Janela. Man is putting on some of the best work in his career, bar none, this year. And he's got motivation to do it. We'll talk about that more Mm -hmm. when we talk about the second show on day two. Uh, You know what? We had an intermission here, and they did something old-school GCW style that I loved. The first half of the show, all about wrestling. The second second half of the show, all about fucking death matches. Yes. We come back from intermission with our first of two Tournament of Survival qualifying match. And, of course, it was a fucking death match. And at the end of the day, Hoodfoot defeated Akira in 17 minutes and 57 seconds. And this was probably the death match of the weekend. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
There's yeah. a, there were some good ones. I think this is my favorite. But how damn brutal was this thing? At one point in Juncture, they were doing a spirit test with chops with gusset plates on their hands. Yeah. And if you know anything about that, it is as terrifying as it sounds. Yeah. Next up, we had our second of Tournament of Survival qualifying matches for this weekend. And that was having, we saw Slade defeat Sawyer Rack in four minutes and nine seconds. This was a short but sweet and brutal match. Slade looking like a serial killer advancing to the Tournament of Survival. Absolutely short and sweet, but to the point and absolutely brutal. And last but certainly not least, in the main event of the evening for the GCW Ultra Violent Championship, your champion, the Duke of Hardcore, John Weimardock. Love that. I love that. Retained the title as he defeated one of GCW and wrestling's favorite sons, the King of Rex Shit Mountain, Cole Radrick. 18 minutes, 27 seconds. This was my second favorite death match. And mind you, this is two nights full of great death matches. This was my second favorite. And you could have interchanged a lot. We'll talk about some from the next day, but... Woo, this was great. This match was so good, in fact, that at the end of the match, John Wayne Murdoch got the microphone, calmed the crowd down by saying, hey, listen, <laughs> you're going to want to hear this shit because this is about Cole Radrick. So the crowd silented down for the Duke, who they usually give shit, especially in Atlantic City, because yeah. they call him John Wayne Pussy. Mm-hmm. And he proceeded to say, hey, you've impressed me. You did a great job out here. You've earned my respect. You've earned all these people's respect. And uh, because I chose... To have a match at COS against Alex Cologne for this GCW Ultraviolence title. Because I'm going to finally put an end to that son of a bitch. And I promise he'll never win another tournament of survival because he's going to be dead. <laughs> That's his words. It is his words. It is his words. And because Cage of Survival get the job done. He said because of that, I was told I still had a spot because I'm champion in the TOS. So I'm going to give up. I, I already said I was going to give up the spot, but I got. they told me, G, GCW management told me, I get to pick who takes my spot. And Cole Radrick, you've earned my respect, so congratulations. You're going to Tournament Survival. So Cole Radrick has joined Tournament Survival. So on this night, we found out Hoodfoot, Slade, and Cole Radrick all advance on to the Tournament Survival taking place June 4th from the Carousel Room in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Cole Radrick, man. Who would I mean, you're talking about a guy that's having a great year. He might wind up winning TOS. Just saying. He might. Well, we know we're going to finally get a new winner because the man who has three-peated that tournament for the last three years, Alex Colon, had to give up his spot to get a shot at John Wayne Murdoch at COS. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have a new crown, a new TOS champion. But we got more to talk about from this Prelude to Survival Weekend because on Saturday, the 1st of May, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, from... The Carousel Room, Atlantic City, New Jersey. JCW, Jersey Championship Wrestling. Brought to you, Mayflowers. You can watch this, this this show right now for absolutely free on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Go over to Game Changer Wrestling. You can watch it. You can watch all the JCW shows and all the LA Fight shows there, by the way. Here we go. JCW bringing down the house. They open the night with Young, Dumb, and Broke. Charlie Tiger and Ellis Taylor defeating Jimmy fucking Lloyd and Reed Walker in 10 minutes and 40 seconds. And Reed Walker made a lot of mistakes, including not tagging in uh, Jimmy Lloyd. Kind of cost himself the, and his team the match. Yeah, but a great way to start the match, or card though. One of the most entertaining matches of the entire weekend, not just here. One called Manders defeated Frontman Ja in 10 minutes and 24 Yo. seconds. Frontman Ja coming out in chaps. <laughs> 
and talking about how he's the real fucking outlaw. Amazing. Oh, I loved it. I love amazing. Frontman Josh great in the ring. Frontman Josh great on the mic. And I think we're going to see big things from him. I always say that because I think he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's great. He, You got to go see this match. And what can you say bad about the one called Manders? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Next up, we had a three-way match. Legendary match was supposed to be a four-way, but Arcadia pulled out for personal reasons, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, Too Hot Steve Scott defeated Azrael and the Grim Reefer. Eight minutes and 16 seconds. A lot of fun match there from the Legends of the East Coast. Absolutely. This was a must-watch, and I was enjoying myself during this. In a not-death match, the bad motherfucker known as Hoodfit defeated Yoya. Ten minutes and 46 seconds. Good showing for Yoya, as always, but Hoodfoot, too tough to beat. Yeah, like I say, this is just something back to back. This was just enjoyable matches. Like I said, I was having a fun time watching this. I, I gotta say, I'm gonna say this right now. I think Hoodfoot in classic Jim Ross form, tougher than a two dollar steak. Yes, I will. I will fully back that. This next match was my match of the JCW show for certain. And the uh, the young prodigy Marcus Mathers defeated. Axton Ray, 12 minutes and 58 seconds. This is the first time I've gotten a real good chance to see Axton Ray. Very muchly impressed me. Him and Marcus Mathers had a hell of a match. I need to see this ran back, to be honest with you. They put on some great chemistry there. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. Next up, we had Brandon Kirk defeating Big Fucking Vin. Uh, six minutes and 29 seconds. Brandon Kirk doing a little heel stuff. He's been a face lately. Mm-hmm. Did a little heel stuff. Big Vin had uh, hurt his knee. And uh, Brandon Cook kind of kicked the leg from underneath him and uh, got that cheap victory. But, hey, a victory is a victory, right? A win is a win. And, obviously, he had a bigger plans going on that evening. So, this is a good way to send into it. Absolutely. A man uh, that has won me over quite a bit recently, the Prize City OG. Alec Price defeated Dylan McKay, eight minutes and five seconds. Another great match from mm-hmm. two young performers. Absolutely. And in the main event of the JCWA Flowers Show, former goon turned fan favorite Bam Sullivan yeah. defeated Charles Mason in 15 minutes and 46 seconds with a little help from our good friend, the Spider Nate Webb greatest intro in all pro wrestling folks absolutely and it was great to see charles mason though making an impact came out on friday or came out on saturday night cut a great promo everybody thought he was talking about nick gage he's like not you yet but i'm gonna get rid of all you shitty deathmatch wrestlers starting with nate webb yeah what charles mason might be the breakout candidate we've been looking for in gcw hell of a heel baby oh my god Let's talk about the second JC, GCW show. Sorry, uh, It also went down on May 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the Carousel Room at Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, life goes on. <clears throat> the opening contest was a replacement match, unfortunately, because uh, Tony Deppin could not make the show due to travel problems coming out of Mexico. Uh, but ASF defeated the Pride City OG Alec Price in 7 minutes and 9 seconds, and these two did some amazing lucha shit. Yes. Oh, my God. Great match. Next up is a match that I thought was very good as well. The uh, Sauce God Alex Zane defeats the End Seeker Dante Leon. Nine minutes. Great match. After that, we have the GCW World Tag Team Championships on the line as Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie defeated the Rejects, made up of Akira and the GCW Ultraviolet Champion John Wayne Murdoch. 11 minutes and nine seconds. John Wayne Murdoch seemed a little distracted, and I think that cost his team. But at the end of the day, Ali Catch going to a death a, a kind of a mini death match giving out the blood but yet uh winning the match i love this match this was very very enjoyable like to see uh john wayne murdoch especially playing up to the crowd and and just 
I mean, every time you got Effie and Alley Catch in the ring, it's always must watch. Absolutely. Next up, right before uh, intermission, we had our first of two Tournament of Survival qualifying matches, and of course, death matches, and the Iron Demon. Shane Mercer <laughs> defeated Jimmy fucking Lloyd, six minutes and 53 seconds, and God damn, this was a great match. The Iron Demon, folks, if you're not familiar. There might not be anybody stronger. No. You might you ever go Cesaro strong? No. I, I think I need to see him and Mercer go at it. I, I would love that, but Mercer has a, has now moved on to Tournament of Survival. Yeah. Uh, GCW, coming back from the break, the GCW Extreme title was on the line in the classic GCW six-man scramble match. Your champion, AJ Gray, did defend the title, uh, defeating Axton Ray, Cole Radrick, Drago Kid, Gringo Loco, and Marcus Mathers in 12 minutes and 10 seconds. This is a longer scramble match than normal. Mm-hmm. It was a very good scramble match. We got to see Axton Ray and Marcus Mathers kind of mix it up again in this match, but we also got to see the King of Wreck Shit Mountain fresh off of his main event performance for the GCW Ultra Valiant Championship, fresh off of his getting a, a shot at TOS in this match. AJ Gray, the motherfucking truth, being just that as he wins this match, though, and retains the GCW Extreme Championship. Very, very dope match. Next up, we had a tag team generation match. Two generations would collide. And at the end of the day, the SATs, Joel and Jose Maximo, defeated the team of the East Coast Ace, Big Breakfast, the clout cutter, Jordan Oliver, and the young, and the other young prodigy, all elite Nick Wayne. Great match. And the SATs calling out the Briscoes at the end? Well, first of all, the SATs got in the microphone, put over the two young kids, said how great they are, said that they're the future of the business. They said that they knew that they were going to have their work cut out because both of them, they knew that both of them are very good. However, they didn't realize that they were going to bring it like that. It ended with a double uh, Spanish, Spanish fly, fly, which was pretty cool because the SATs created the Spanish fly. Um, great match. And then after that, yes, in the camera. SAT said, hey, you got the better of us the last time. But you know what? We're still the best tag team of that generation. Come prove us wrong. We went and hung with these young kids. We're calling the Briscoes out. So the Briscoes might have a date with the SATs again. I'm here for this. Next up, the bad boy Joey Janela defeated Masha Slamovich. 13 minutes and 33 seconds. Most importantly, though, it was a very good match. Masha Slamovich having not one but two amazing matches. Mm -hmm. Came up short in both of them. No Dishonor there. No, absolutely none. Joey Janela at the end of the match gets the microphone and says as much as he says. First of all, he said, thank you. And I really mean it. Thank you for the fight. But get the fuck out of my <laughs> ring. And then after she got out, he made sure he said, sincerely, thank you for the fight. And then he goes, you know what? I'm going to fucking break character. You guys don't understand. I'm going to break character on you. And I don't want to hear any shit about it. He said, uh, you know, as of last night at midnight. Uh, my all wrestling contract has expired. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. But at the same time, you know, it was what it was. And he goes, listen, I'm not going to shoot on anything. I'm not going to say anything bad. Crowd starts chanting, shoot. He goes, ah, who the fuck am I kidding? I'm the bad boy. <laughs> so he, he proceeds to say, and he didn't go too far, but he proceeded to say, hey, listen, you know what? When I first joined... AEW when they first launched. I was one of the names that launched. I was honored, you know, after coming out of All all In, and I was honored. And for the first six months, it was a dream. You know, in that six-month time, I got to wrestle John Moxley on a Mm pay-per-view. I got to main event a Dynamite with John Moxley. Two times I got to wrestle probably the best wrestler in the world in Kenny Omega, and I had a lot of great matches. But then, all of a sudden, I was no longer on Dynamite. I was, you know, barely on any of the other programming. And then I get a message from the office that says, 
why aren't you uh, plugging uh, Dynamite on social media? You should be plugging it. And he goes, I wasn't even on a fucking show. Yeah. So I'm supposed to plug a show I'm not even on? He was like, and I realized at that point my heart was not going to be there. And my heart wasn't there. My heart's in GCW. And while I was gone, and I mean, he was like, I was obviously still coming back, but I, while I was gone and not here full time, GCW grew. And GCW became the independent wrestling company. And he was like, and now that I'm done in, in, in AEW, don't feel sad for me. I'm already booked to travel seven countries, including Japan, and I get to be at GCW each and every fucking show. And he was like, now that I'm here every show, I get to cultivate the seeds that I sowed. And as you all blossom into beautiful flowers, those flowers are all for Joey Janela. Going back to the flowers of fan form. What an epic promo. And yeah, it was classy, but at the same time, it was telling. Yeah, it was. It was very telling. And you know what? He's not wrong, in my opinion. I th- I thought everything he said was spot on. And obviously, you see a change in him every time he was in GCW from when we saw him on AEW. So this is where he's home. This is where he's happy. He's a guy that loves wrestling. And obviously, he's playing a big world tour this coming year. And he's going to absolutely be lightening up on the indies. I'm here for this. So... Here we go. Uh, he also took to Twitter today because obviously some fans gave him shit from AEW. Uh, and he said, a lot of unhealthy looking 48-year-old men are happy my contract is up today. In 10 years, I won't have to worry about them trashing me on Twitter because most of them will be dead of diabetes. Wow. <laughs> By the way, my first thing was like, I thought all the 48-year-olds were allegedly watching fucking WWE. Guess not. Guess not. Uh, speaking of trashing on, I forgot to mention it earlier. Speaking of trashing on AEW, possibly uh, next week, Broken Skull Ranch. Uh, Skull session, sorry, returns, and the guest will be Cody Rhodes. Yeah, that should be interesting. The American Nightmare. Uh, so that's a whole other story. We won't talk about that right now because we're going to go back to talk about independent wrestling because there was more matches because there was a main event of the evening for night two, which was Life Goes On. Mm-hmm. And then that main event it was the Tournament of Survival qualifying match, the student versus teacher. And at the end of the day, the bulldozer, Matt Tremont, with some new music, defeated Brandon Kirk. 13 minutes and one second. This was my third favorite death match of the weekend. That's saying a lot because it was still an amazing death match. Any other weekend, this would be number one. But congratulations to Brandon Kirk on having one hell of a GCW main event. And also congratulations on the Bulldozer match remount for advancing to Tournament of Survival. It so threw me off here in Ozzy instead of uh, Journey. Yeah, no more tears instead of uh, separate, separate ways. ways. Oh, yeah. my God, that threw off. But, yeah, this was a great death match. And Brandon Kirk, listen, he stepped up to the challenge. I, this was one of the crazier situations you're going to see in a death match, but they absolutely tore the house down. And, you know, Tremont, I think he still wanted to prove that everybody still had some gas left in that tank. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I'm going to go a step further. A lot of people have been giving so much love to uh, Brandon Kirk, and they, he deserves it. So kudos to Brandon Kirk on even sometimes when you lose, you mm-hmm. actually win. All right, let's switch over now because uh, another thing that went down this, this past weekend, Circle Six. Yep. Had their second show from the hometown of 440, Cleveland, Ohio. Show was called Terrible Eye. We did not get to see any of this. This was the free live show, live pre-show, sorry, for Terrible Eye. This started at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We were actually recording uh, the anniversary show during mm-hmm. this. Uh, but in that, we had a four. The opening contest in the pre-show was in a four-way match. Cody Lane defeated Kevin Giza, Marion Fontaine, and Zach Thomas in seven minutes and 19 seconds. This is the first time Zach Thomas I've seen in a while. He is the younger brother of Gregory Iron. Okay. Just in case anybody was wondering, was in AAW for a while, so I don't know what happened to him. 
Uh, next up, we had a singles match between uh, one of my favorites, Vinny Massaro, as he defeated Attic Otis Kogar by DQ. Nine minutes and 21 seconds. Otis Kogar, two two events, two DQs. Yeah. <laughs> is what it is. Next up, in an interesting uh, match, and I, I, I did go back and watch this one, Zicky Dice defeated Eddie only nine minutes and 24 seconds. Talk about a dream match. Oh, my God. I need to ch- check this one out. I didn't get a chance to. And that brings us to the main card, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this past Sunday from the Masonic Temple in Cleveland, Ohio. Ter- Circle 6 presented Terrible Lie, their second show ever. And you can stream it right off of the CircleSix.co website. A little confusing, by the way. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. So we were going to be watching it on a Fire Stick through the Silk browser because, hey, why wouldn't you watch it on a TV? And here at Dragon Master Games, we could watch both that and GCW at the same time. Yes. Beautiful. Two TVs. We had it all planned out. So I, we get done with the recording. We, I, I already ordered GCW. You got GCW right on the TV, obviously, because Fight TV. I signed in, got everything going. And after I purchased this event, it then sent me an email. And the link was in the fucking email instead of just being able to watch it. So then I had to sign into my Google account on the Fire Stick and go that way to watch the event. This was such a headache. And there was no explanation of this, by the way, mm-hmm. prior or even there. So I would say... Please, in the future, at $15, let's do this. Let's talk about the event and uh, actually, let's talk about the other downsides. This event froze on us for a good portion, and other people had to refresh this a billion times. So they had stream problems once again. Yeah. And I heard a lot of people saying, don't whine about in, their, in the chat because there was a chat for it. it. said, don't, why are you whining about it? I'm from the era where you had to wait for things to be on DVD. You can just watch it on VOD because you have a VOD link whenever you want. Well, here's the problem. When people pay $15 to watch something live, they want to watch it fucking live. Not just VOD. If I wanted to watch something just VOD, I would just order the VOD and not even try to watch it live. So there needs to be these issues fixed for fans in the future. And I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying I'm going away from it completely. But I really think they need to deep down look at their streaming. This is a second card in a row. And I understand that they're brand new. But still, if you're going to be running a product, and like Rich touched upon, if you're going to be charging people for it, you have to have a, a product that's going to last the entire time. If it's going to keep freezing up and we're going to be missing matches... What's the point of watching it live? I would also like to point out that at the price point of $15, I paid $20 for the GCW weekend. Now, I'm not saying that they have to be the same price, but no, I'm just but... saying that it's it, it just shows you. And for t- $5 less is what I pay a month to watch all sorts of events on IWTV. So you're at an interesting price point at $15 where you really need to work this out. Once again, I'm not saying not watch them. I'm not saying we're not going to watch them. I'm just saying this shit needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the card. We did miss this match because of all of the... F- bullshit and uh the opening contest was slack defeating puff yeah. and uh there was no death match to this but i do know that they bought a, a board a fuckery board that had donuts on it reasons it was fucking funny <laughs> uh next up we did get to see this match jake chris making his return to cleveland wrestling i think he said for the first time in six years uh defeated rocky romero it was a very good match that very was the good first match. match that we got to see very good match next up we had a women's match Lindsay snow defeated jody threat very good match too very good match as well next up we had a match of two cleveland legends vincent nothing defeats m dog matt cross i thought this was a good match but there was some freezes in the match Freezes in the match and the ending, too. Yeah, there's a weird crucif... Like, so, basically, Vincent Nothing goes to crucifix bomb. So, you do the crucifix, so it's, like, side. And he crucifixes him, and it gets blocked by Cross. And then, from the bottom, he starts throwing elbow strikes. And that's what puts out Matt Cross. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. 
and I've always said this, in a world where mixed martial arts is a fucking thing, wrestling has to adapt to that. Some things in MMA you can't do in a wrestling match because it just doesn't look real. Hey, Mike C says, just wanted to drop by to say hi to you Yo. guys. Hope everything is well. Everything what is up, well. Mike? Hope everything is well with you as well, Mike. Mr. Horizon 607. Next up, we had, uh, there was an intermission. Coming back from intermission, and this is where we had problems. Jacob and Journey Fought 2 defeated the 440 team of Bobby Beverly and Eric Ryan. And we got to see about eh, three minutes of this match before yeah. the feed just went, eh, and it was for everybody. And it didn't come back until after both men were in the ring for the next match. Disappointing, because I was really excited about seeing this match, but, you know, stream issues. In a regular wrestling match, no death match, no DQ, none of that, just regular wrestling match, because they have rules in Circle 6, Atticus Coger defeated Hot Sauce Tracy Williams via a wheelbarrow uh, brain hemorrhage. Yes. Pretty cool. Very cool. It was a good match. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thankfully, we got to see most of that. And last but not least, in the main event of the evening... Killer Cross with Scarlett Bardot in his corner defeated Ricky Shane Page, who had originally Eddie Only in his corner. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the the savior of this match, Eddie Only. Yes. Who got down to his uh, banana hammock. Yep. And uh, then Killer Cross did well in this match. Ricky Shane Page. And I'm an RSP fan. Yeah. Same here. Woo. Was not good in this match. Not his best outing. Dude. The frog splash he went for where he didn't really jump or anything. It was weird. I don't know what's going on, but it was not a good match. There was no DQ match at the end of the day via the Coquina clutch, if you will. Killer Cross wins the match. Right next to the rope, too, but remember, rope breaks don't count in a no DQ match. Yeah. Just a bad ending to this and, and that frog splash. I mean, I didn't mind the, mind the ending with the match itself. Well, the was, match itself, mm. but, you know, like even to get to that ending, it was kind of like because. That whole frog splash just threw me off because that was one of the worst th- times I've seen, personally. And it sucks because we are fans of yes. Ricky St. Page, so I don't understand what's going on. But, hey, just sometimes you don't get them. But that was the Circle Six event. Overall, it was a decent event. It was I want to okay. say there there should there was some good some good slash great matches, but there was a lot of eh matches as well. And it doesn't help when you have trouble getting it, the stream up and then you have future troubles with it. They really need to work on their streaming. Yeah, it's something that... If you're going to be streaming your show, you have to get this fixed because if you want to build your name, you don't want to be being built because you're having production issues. You want to be built by the quality of your wrestling. Anything else is a waste of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think that there's, I don't think you could put it any better than that. So uh, speaking of, so so the next, there's going to be another uh, on the 20, I think it was the 27th. At the end of May, there's another uh circle six show and that is going to be down in florida they're teaming okay. up with uh um no peace underground oh okay so there you go so now we have a whole bunch of stuff to be talking about for gcw there was some other news for gcw remember last week they promised us a whole bunch of news yes and they delivered and they delivered a whole bunch of news and I have to go back, so I had to get it all. So, first of all, they said they were going to announce the f- places that they would be coming to for the first time and some places that they would be returning. And they did just that. Because they announced, we were wondering what the June 19th show was going to be. Mm-hmm. We have now found out. Coming to you on Sunday, June 19th, 
from the Fet Music Venue in Providence, Rhode Island, Game Changer mm-hmm. Wrestling makes its debut. Mm-hmm. That's one place that Beyond Wrestling works as well. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. Also announced coming on July 3rd, GCW comes to the Evansville Coliseum in Evansville, Indiana. All right. Next up, they announced their debut. Because GCW will be coming on August 19th for the very first time to Charlotte, North Carolina. Going to Flair Country. Yeah, I was making fun of the yeah. the one introduction. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Then, let's fast forward. Is on July, well, it's a dead, they're all out of order because we said August for the other one. On July 1st, GCW makes its debut in St. Louis, Missouri. All right. Very good crowd there. And last but certainly not least, returning to Nashville, Tennessee on July the 29th. Those were all the dates that were added for the GCW calendar thus far. Also, it is of note that uh, this Friday night, or Friday, sorry, day during the day, 11 a.m., tickets will go on sale for the GCW return to New York City on June 18th. From the Melrose Ballroom, and it is called You Wouldn't Understand. So that will be coming up, and that is Saturday, June 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the Melrose Ballroom in New York City. Tickets on sale this Friday, I do believe, through Eventbrite. Let's go. It'll also be available to stream on Fight. So uh, GCW is a couple weeks off. They will not be back until the 21st of May. We'll earn time off after the past couple weeks. So, and that and when they return, they'll be going to the West Coast. Yes. West side is L.A. and Vegas. Vegas, respectively. All right. Are you ready? Of course I'm, I'm ready. Because we got a little final break. And after that break, we're coming back with a main event. And in that main event, we're going to be talking about WWE WrestleMania Backlash, which goes down this upcoming weekend mm-hmm. on the Peacock. The Peacock, sorry, forgot it wasn't a pay-per-view. It is a special event. It's a special event. I got to get used to saying that. Or not. No. But with that being <laughs> said, during the break, if you are watching on stream, you're going to see the information for the Three Fan Nerds podcast. Check it out. You're also, if you're listening on podcast or stream, you're going to hear the sultry sounds of our good friend Shout the Robots doing the theme song for the Three Fan Nerds podcast. It's called Fail Better. And right after this break, we're coming back with the main event of this week's episode of 607T. W.S.
wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! That's right, it's time to rumble! It's time for the main event of this week's 607TWS and of course, we're going to start off hot by talking, end the show hot by talking about this upcoming event from the fine folks over at World Wrestling Entertainment taking place on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Pre show starts at 7, main show starts at 8. May the 8th, 2022, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. And it is going to be WrestleMania Backlash. So this is the first special event since. WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And of course, like I said, 7 p.m. will be the pre-show. 8 p.m. will be the actual show. Coming from Providence, Rhode Island. I love the Dunkin' Donuts Center just because I'm a fat guy, Dunkin' Donuts. Can't go wrong with it. Are you ready to talk about the card that's announced yeah, so let, far? Let, let's chat about it. We are going to take these straight from cage side seats. I understand there will probably be some more announced between Monday and Friday. But this is what we have announced in a couple rumors that they've gone with and a couple rumors from us as well. Mm-hmm. So first up, we have uh, a match here that's going to be probably the main event of the evening. Let's be honest. Roman Reigns and the Usos taking on Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. Interesting that this is not going to be the initial uh, tag team unification bout. Well, that's what Cage Side Seats notes. They said there was originally a plan to unify the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles, but that seems to have changed now that it's been turned into a six-man tag team match. Or is it winner takes all? Because they could have easily pulled that off. Maybe on Friday they'll do that trick where they go, hey, winner takes all, and then, you know, the Usos and Roman win. They have all the belts. Because think about it. You could do... Yeah, that makes sense. Because if they would lose, Roman loses the belt, Drew would become world champion, vice versa. Interesting setup they have for that. I hope they do that stipulation because otherwise... Otherwise, there's no fucking need for this match. Yeah. Other than the fact that they needed somebody for Roman, so they're giving Drew McIntyre, which we had predicted pre-WrestleMania. And yeah, there's still no reason for this fucking match. So this is one of those situations where backlash is still just backlash and it's just rehashings and rematches from WrestleMania and bullshit matches. Yeah, so it needs a stipulation. Otherwise, it's not even worth watching. Speaking of rematches from WrestleMania, next up, SmackDown Women's Championship match. In an I Quit match, your champion, Charlotte Flair, defends against her opponent from WrestleMania, Ronda Rousey. Uh, This is what Cage Match said. After forcing a tap at WrestleMania 38 but not getting the win because of the referee being down, Rousey decided she wants to make Flair say, I quit. Rousey wins. End of story. Because, you know, obviously with Charlotte getting the big W at WrestleMania, there's no way that Rousey's taking back-to-back L's. Mike C. also agrees with you, Rousey winning. I also going to say Rousey wins, but I'm also going to put in the nobody gave a fuck at WrestleMania. Nobody going to give a fuck on Sunday. Facts. Uh, next up, I, I talked about the two two big matches first, but whatever. Who cares? Happy Corbin versus Mad Cat Moss. Cage match notes. Corbin turned on his friend after getting upset at his single success, which included winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I'm assuming Mad Cat Moss continues the winning ways because they seem to be high on him, and he's kind of funny. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'll probably be tweeting during this. I'll probably be taking a piss during this. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm watching the show. Yeah. I mean, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if For I, the show, I might, but then again, I could just watch the highlights. Well, I think here, here you have to think about this. If they're really high on pushing Moss, he goes over here. I could see Corbin winning though, just to kind of extend this out a little bit. Like Madcap has to do like a kind of redemption story, but I really don't care either way. Mike is also going with Madcap. 
And he says, does he remind you guys of Jim Powers? Slightly. I'm going to say body-wise, yes, but charisma-wise, he has Jim Powers beating the charisma department by fucking 20-fold because Jim Powers had the charisma of the door handle on the 8122 production studio. Yeah. So I will give credit to where credit is due. He's very entertaining. I do actually enjoy Mad Cat Moss. I like the dad jokes, and I think he does a good job putting them over. He looks like a million bucks, and that could be a winning formula for him. I don't think that he'll be... I don't think he'll be world champion anytime soon, but I think that he could carve out a nice little niche run for himself. I don't know how long that'll last, but I think he will. I could see that happen too. Next up, in another rematch from WrestleMania, the almighty Bobby Lashley goes one-on-one with Omos, who now has uh, one MVP in his corner. Cage match rights. Lashley beat him at WrestleMania, then won an arm wrestling contest on Raw this past week, but was beat down after. Just another rematch, but this time MVP is on Omos's side. I think you have to have Omos win. Omos has to win. That's a must win. Yeah. It's also another one of those, why the fuck do we need it? I love Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley deserves better. I said it. Yeah, no, I think it's just, it. just to put over Omos, and then he'll be on something else. Next up is yet another WrestleMania rematch as AJ Styles goes one-on-one with Edge. Cage, Cage side writes, Edge's new stable has been making Styles' life hell. This will be his second crack at Styles after a win at WrestleMania. And I think Edge is going to win this match again. It just doesn't... I don't know where it ends. It'll be the match of the night, and you'll probably Possibly. see... You, you'll probably see... A new member of the faction joined to help Edge because of reasons. Who's going to be their big vis? That's all I need to know. Um, Could it be Omos? I'm trying. He to leaves think. MVP becomes big vis. They they kidnap him. They sacrifice him. Becomes back. Out. I don't know. Oh! I'm trying to think who they could call it from uh, NXT. Uh, Mike says they just teased AJ and Baylor on Raw. Baylor saved him. And Ripley. Oh, Ripley would be the one to join. Uh, maybe. 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 Uh, that would be good for her. In the final match of the announced ones thus far that we have to the knowledge when we're uh, re- doing it is also a WrestleMania rematch. And it is the drip god Seth Rollins going one-on-one with adrenaline in my soul. Something, something, something Cody, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. As the American Nightmare once again. And it says, uh, Cage Side wrote, Rollins had to wrestle Rhodes without knowing that there was his opponent at WrestleMania. This is the rematch, and I assume, just like the Mania match, that the American Nightmare will come out on top. Rhodes Lander for the win. There's no chance he's losing this one. Cue the pyro. Cody, Cody says uh, Mike C. Oh, yeah, I think that there's no way, because there. I really do. I, I said it when he first came in, and I'm sticking by it. I think that this uh, this road, the, the, the Rhodes all lead to Allegiant Stadium and Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. And the Rhodes, puns intended, lead to Cody winning Money in the Bank, becoming Mr. Money in the Bank and going from there. Uh, Mike C says they're setting up Theory versus Ali right now. Okay, cool, cool. I'm okay with Thank that. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, once again, we're not watching Raw. I never watch Raw, even if I don't have to. I catch highlights. But I catch the highlights, and I uh, usually have somebody in the chat. But thank you so much, Mike C, for being that guy. All right. Cage, Cage side has a rumored match, too. And I would be happy to see Theory versus Ali. Uh, their one is, of course, Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Seems like it could happen here. But this could very well be a full-up card already. So... No Raw Women's Championship match, notable, but maybe giving the champ some time off. Mm, as, yeah, as far as like, because it seemed weird that she hasn't been on Raw lately either. I mean, she made some small appearances, but not 
She's not the focal point. The focal point right. became Becky and Asuka, and I have nothing against Bianca not being the focal point. Guess what? Get her some rest. Maybe there's a nagging injury we don't know about. Wasn't she doing the – and somebody in the chat, please correct me. Wasn't she doing the program with Sonya Deville? Yes, they did, they did a match yeah, on Yeah, they Raw. did the match, and that was it. Yeah, no, I mean – But, just, I mean, she's been kind of taking a step back, which I think is fine. Yeah, I think it's Save a smart Save the play. champ. Same. See, sometimes I'm, I'm a fan of not having the belt, every belt on the line at mm-hmm. every event, especially in WWE, because if that was the case, we'd have fucking 12 matches on every card. Yeah. So, like, I'm a fan of, like, doing in, in, in rotating the breath, if you will. Mm-hmm. Rotate who gets the fucking breath here. Because sometimes it's good. She he says, yes, last week, six-woman tag main in the main event tonight. Okay. Okay. But once again, she's not the focal point. Right. They definitely made the focal Becky versus Asuka. And I would love to see that at the pay-per-view. I think mm-hmm. that would be perfect. I, th- I agree, too. I hope they had it. And then we can see them both in Money in the Bank and the Women's Money in the Bank coming up in June. Yeah. It's June. June 4th. Yes, sir. Bianca, Asuka, and Liv versus Becky, Ripley, and Sonya. All right, that's a good fucking team right there. That's a good six-man main event. I like or that. six-woman, sorry, as a man. Yeah. I'm so used to it, but yeah, it's a six. Ooh. I assume you guys are right. Yeah, but I think it's good to have a break every once in a while, not be the focal point. Oh, it yeah. keeps you fresh. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, a lot of people, the reason why people get tired of, of, of athletes, is be, especially wrestlers, is because they get shoved down your throat too much. Yeah. And I would never want that to happen. I've already gone on record saying Bianca Belair is definitely the female John Cena. Not saying she is John Cena or she does John Cena things. I'm just saying that the way WWE is pushing her is as that top-tier white meat baby face that is the face of a of the company. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest mistake with Cena was he was the only one holding the company for a long time. So he got shoved down our throats. That's why people did not like him. If you can avoid that with Bianca Belair and still have her compete, still have her at all the main event, uh, the big events, still have her out there doing her thing, but kind of make it so she's not always the focal point, especially with that, like we talked about earlier, that stacked women's division in WWE. I think it's a smart way to prolong how far you can go with her. Mm -hmm. Because eventually you're going to burn somebody out. And here's the problem. I love Bianca Belair. Don't know how well she's going to be as a heel. She she was a heel briefly because, and then they had to switch off because yeah. she's a natural face. You want to cheer for her. Right. You want to cheer for her. You know, you can't, you know, it's not like Sasha, where Sasha could turn it on and off like that. Yeah. Or Bailey, who we, once again, we could always be wrong because we were wrong about Bailey. We didn't think she could be a fucking heel, but whoo. No, she's boy, a great I was heel. happily wrong. Mm-hmm. Happily wrong about that. But I don't know if I can compare the same with Bianca. Like, she has the cocky attitude down, but I just don't see her as a heel. Yeah, no. And now there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. I mean, she plays into being a face so well because that, she's a natural face. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So Mike C says sense. she was a good heel in NXT, so I can see that. I, don't even, I would argue she wasn't a good heel there either because the crowd chanted for her. Well, the thing is, when you're that talented. It's, it's hard to chant for hard. a super talented person. Yeah. And just a cocky attitude is not going to make you a heel. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be, she would have to do something real diabolical. And once again, we could be wrong, happily wrong. But it's not like Roman Reigns. Yeah. Who I always knew would be a good heel. I said that back in the day. I didn't think they would do it. Finally, COVID, thankfully. The one good part about COVID, yeah. not saying COVID's good. Right, right, saying right. The one good thing about the pandemic was that they were finally like, fuck it, let's make Roman a heel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the best thing that's ever happened. They're making money hand over fist from Fuck him. yeah. Fuck yeah. He became the star that he should have been. Mm-hmm. Kind of found the trajectory of The Rock. Yeah. Cool part is you can turn him. If you turned him face tomorrow, which I don't think they're going to do tomorrow, but if you turned no, him face tomorrow, to, be... oh, the pop. Yeah. what they're going to do is they're going to run this out. He's going to lose that belt finally. Lose a match, lose the belt because he hasn't lost. Mm-hmm. And he'll go away for a little bit. A few months. Come back as a fucking face. 
Because once he comes back out after being gone for a few months, the crowd's going to naturally pop any fucking way. Yeah. And then you could either do the Jericho trick where you turn him heel right away again, or you just leave him face for a while. You got to turn him heel like again. The, I, you yeah. know, I would turn him heel again at some point, but I don't know. I might go with the Rock philosophy and make him a face for a good six-month run. Because you just get that natural, everybody's happy to see you back. And then have him cheat to win the belt. Ooh. And then just be like, fuck, you guys forgot? Yeah. You forgot? You forgot about the fucking tribal chief, baby? You stop acknowledging me. You fucking forgot? You better acknowledge, bitch. I love it. That'll be great. I'm here for that. I think you, had, you can do a lot of... He's at that level right now where I finally think Roman's made it to the level where he can be like the biggest stars in the business, i.e. The Rock, Triple H, Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, where you're going to see him do face heel and not flippity floppity like the fucking big show i'm talking like you'll see him do his heel runs and then he'll do a face run for a little bit and then he'll fucking do a heel run and then he'll and it'll always co- coincide with him going away mm-hmm. just like jericho yeah it'll be you do this great heel run you go away you come back you be a face for a little bit and then you do turn back heel you dominate you go away you come and rinse and repeat that was what that one great time about him turning heel real quick jericho mm-hmm. that is yeah is that nobody saw it coming because usually that was what it is. Mike C says, never mind the Ali versus Theory. He had to beat Theory and Miz and lost. Then Ciampa ran in and attacked him. Yeah, Ciampa's being a heel. Yeah, no, Ciampa being a heel. I, I mean, like Ciampa as a heel. He's a great heel. I like Ciampa as a heel. Maybe. Listen, he- there were some people who were mad about him. I'm like, fuck no. Ciampa as a heel on main Hot. roster? Let's fucking go. Let me tell you what. I'm saying it now. I say it again. Say it again. I really think that Ciampa is going to play the Triple H role. Ooh. I really think that that's what they're using him as, is the new age Triple H. The new age game. I wouldn't be surprised even if they don't do some weird authority kind of thing because Triple H can't wrestle. Mm-hmm. That don't mean he can't manage. That'd be something. Because I think that would be great. Oh, yeah. And I think and they're high, Vince is high up on him from what I hear. Well, yeah. You know, can you imagine just saying, you know, you destroyed my brand and now I'm going to destroy yours? Yeah. With the last, you know, say something like the last outlaw standard or something. Oh, we got like a new twenty four seven champ too. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, but anyways, with that being said, WWE WrestleMania backlash. Uh, this show is not great. Hey, you know, eventually, that's why, it's gonna, that's eventually why, you're going to crap out. They had a couple good weeks. Let's be yeah. honest. Uh, but WrestleMania Backlash going down this Sunday. How, how how are you feeling about WrestleMania Backlash? I'm feeling like this is the normal. You can you can shine it up and call it WrestleMania Backlash instead of just Backlash. But let's be honest. It's the same old Backlash it's always been where you're going to end up with just a bunch of shit that doesn't matter. Wash, rinse, repeat. It's a filler show. Yeah, it, it's exactly what it is. So if I have nothing going on Sunday night, I'm going to tune in. Fair, fair enough. I don't know if I will or not. Depends on when I get back from New Jersey. Yeah. So that's where I'm going. So, yeah, check it out. If you guys let us know, hit us up uh, this weekend. If you're watching, even if we're not, hit us up. We always like to talk about wrestling. Oh, absolutely. But uh, I don't know where we're at with that. But with that being said, Ken M, I can tell you where we're at in the show. It is now time for almost time for us to say goodbye to all our company. And I won't say the rest of it because I don't want the mouth suing me. <laughs> that rhymed on accident, by the way. That worked, though. It did uh, work. I applaud. I applaud. With that being said, Ken M, though, tell these fine folks one last time how to get a hold of yourself in the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. You swing on over to odphpodcast.com and join in the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right on that front page, including links to live stream for The Cure. Happened in May 19th through the 21st. Check out Parlay Points. New blogs are dropping. Maybe... 
Just maybe there might be a blocks count anywhere this week. I don't know. There will be one on Sunday. I'll, I'll say that. I'll call that shot right now. Uh, T Public Store, the classified section where you can find friends of the show, such as 8122 Productions. All of that and so much more. If it's anything and anything that is the ODPH, you find it at odphpodcast.com. That's right. And, of course, uh, for all information for the Three Fat Nerds and Three Fat Nerds Podcast, go to 8122productions.com. We've got a ton of stuff up there as well. T Public Store, the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 8122productions. There's a little $1 a month to get a ton of extra bonus content. Of course, also the Twitch channel is up there. Mm. Friends of the show, musical acts, all sorts of great stuff because you can find odphpodcast.com on there as well. Oh, man, so much great stuff, but that's uh, the one-stop shop, of course, on all social medias, 3 Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you must, because that is the best way to get a hold of us. Facts. Man, it's been a hell of a week. Had a great time watching uh, some GCW wrestling. Uh, we got some independent wrestling coming up this weekend. Of course, next week, uh, we will be chatting about what happened at WrestleMania Backlash. We'll be previewing up some more shows, including getting closer and closer to the start of the best of super juniors in new japan Mm -hmm. pro wrestling of course also we're getting closer and closer to memorial day weekend which will mark the return of AEW to pay-per-view because they're not special events they're pay-per-views yes with uh double or nothing where we already know that we're going to get cm punk versus hangman adam page for the AEW world's title hashtag and new yeah you already calling the shot i've been Mm -hmm. saying that for months i've been saying it for months but anyways, uh, so we got a lot of stuff coming up in the weeks, and of who knows what will drop in wrestling news because there's always something dropping. But until next week, uh, first of all, I, I always I always go into the close forgetting about this. Every week we end the show the same way. We play the song One Winged Angel by our good friend Second Suitor. It's the ode to New Japan Pro Wrestling and the cleaner Kenny Omega. Guess what? We're going to play it for you. It's the best song to end a wrestling show or any show with. Go check out Second Suitor. Also, while you're at it, if you joined uh, during the countdown, that's our good friend Tom Jolu. Make sure you check him out. Of course, also, as you heard as the opening theme song, that's our good friend Floodlands. Check them out as well. Mm. And, of course, during the uh, second break, we played our good friend Shout at the Fucking Robots. Well, let's just shout at the robots when you look them up, but I like to drop the effing in there. Yes. Make sure you check out all those great bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Support them because they support us. But with that being said, until next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast. Or if you're watching the replay on Twitch or if you're listening to us later on when we drop the 607 TWS Podcast anywhere you get great podcasts by hitting 607 TWS. Shameless plugs at the end there, Dan. Give it. it to them. Guess what for myself? For Ken M., We are saying so long. We're bidding you adieu. And most importantly, we're saying later wrestling fans. Yes.
Top ropes, one, two, 